0: This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Amen. So tonight, uh, what we're going to be talking about is, man, it's been a hot topic on my heart for months. And in fact, it's uh, a lot of this is uh, stuff I shared back in March uh right when uh, the big world meltdown took place, right, that we now know as COVID-19. But the, I guess the title of tonight and the theme of it all is the presence of God. Because as Christians, and especially spirit-filled Christians, all right, I mean, you got to know that this is a spirit-filled church, and we are not ashamed of that. We invite God in to say, hey, God, we're not in charge. If we made an outline for the service and it stinks and you want to do something else, God, Man, erase it and do something else. We're not in charge of this thing. God is. And so we're spirit filled and we're led by God. And what we want is to be in the presence of God. Now, I say that because I don't want that phrase to just get lost upon us because, yes, amen, the presence of God. Yes, we all want that. We all long for your presence because even in a spirit filled church, we can get so used to hearing certain phrases and certain topics that after a while we begin to just let it kind of float on past us. But getting into the presence of God is one of the most important things that you will ever learn to do in your life. Because there's a lot of people that we could say the presence of God and they're like, Amen! We'll be in God's presence someday when we die and go to heaven. Like, well, I mean, yeah, on one hand that's true, but... What if I told you, you could be in the presence of God right here on earth in 2020? Amen. I'm excited for the sweet by and by. But somebody said we live in the nasty now and now. OK, there's a lot of promises that I want to get to in heaven, but there's a lot of promises for us here on earth right now. And you do not have to wait until you die and go to heaven or get raptured and go to heaven to learn how to be in the presence of God. In fact, James, the half-brother of Jesus, put it this way. He said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, and we may obtain favor to help us in our time of need. And so the throne room of grace, that's something people in the Old Testament only dreamed about. They're like, well, yeah, the preacher can go into the throne room. Uh, The priest, he can go into the throne room, but I can't go in there, so I'll just tell him what I need, and he can go before God for me. But the good news is, Jesus Christ came, he died, rose again, shed his blood, and there's a brand new covenant now that says you can go directly to the throne room of God, and you don't have to rely on me or anybody else to do it for you. You can get into God's presence on your own right now. Are you excited about that? Mm, All right, we're getting, we're going to go places tonight, but I got to go there fast, so I'm going to speed because we don't have a lot of time, all right? So, We're talking about the presence of God, and and, in English, the the word presence is a person or thing that exists or is present in a place but not seen. And so it's something that exists in the room, like there's a presence in this room right now. Many people would say, well, I sense a presence of peace. I sense a presence of joy, and I sense all of those things right now. There's a presence in here, and and the presence of God is in here. We just don't see it, but you can tell it's here. And as Christians, God's presence, of course, it's it's always there. But when you can get so close to God that you just know, man, oh, man, I'm I'm in the presence of God right now. You are getting to a deeper level in your relationship. Here's what two main characters of the Bible had to say. You can write this down, but for time's sake, you don't have to flip there. Moses put it this way in Exodus 33, 16. He said, how is anyone gonna know that you looked favorably on me, on me and your people if you don't go with us? Because God was saying, Hey, I need you to take the people and go to the next the next phase that I have for you. And he's like, If you don't go, I'm not going. I refuse to go anywhere that your presence doesn't go also. Now a lot of us we'd hear, hey, move, a new promotion, let's go. But I'm saying, Whoa, time out. You might want to make sure that God's going too. You might want to make sure that the presence of God is going too. And Moses said, if your presence doesn't go, we, I refuse to go. And look at this. He said this, Exodus thirty three sixteen for your presence among us sets your people and I apart from all other people on the earth. Think about that. What makes us different from everybody else? And I can tell you that we are indeed different than everybody else. Peter in the New Testament said that we are a peculiar people. And if, if nobody thinks you're weird, you're not doing this Christianity thing right. You're doing something wrong. People should think you're a flaming weirdo. Man, why aren't you freaking out? Why aren't you all? Why aren't you depressed? Why aren't you? You're not scared of all this? I, uh, no. I what do we say to that? People should look at you like, man, what is wrong with this guy? Because we're a peculiar people, why? Moses said the only thing that sets us apart, the only thing that makes us different than everybody else on this big rock on which we live is this is God's presence. They don't have that, but you do. That makes you different. That means that you have a layer of protection, a layer of joy, a realm of peace, a realm of provision for your finances, a level of healing and health that you have that they don't even know about. So yeah, we're a little bit different than everybody else and it's God's presence that makes it that way. So that's what Moses said, David put it this way in Psalm 51:11, he said, "Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your holy spirit away from me." Now, David got in trouble. David did some naughty things and he got in big trouble with God and he said, "Hey, Do anything to me that you feel fit, but please don't take your presence away from me. And so Moses and David are two of the most influential people, not only in the Bible, but the history of the world. And each of them put a great emphasis on the presence of God. And so you don't even have to be that smart of a Christian to realize if Moses and David said it's a big deal, I probably better start thinking that the presence of God in my life is a big deal. All right. And so. That's what I'm talking about. We live in a day and an age which nobody in our generation, nobody in this room has faced a lot of the things that we face right now. Okay? we're not going to go into all that. We hear it every day. I don't need to go there. But what I'm saying is this. You need the presence of God in your life right now more than you did in 2019. It's more vital, it is more essential, it is more important than ever that you live in the presence of God. And so I want to look at three quick things tonight that are truths about the presence of God and they are really important for your life, okay? Number one is this, God's presence is a shelter. God's presence in the Bible is referred to as a shelter. Now, let's flip to Psalm 31. Psalm 31, and I stumbled across this verse, I don't well, I I think it was earlier this year. I'm sure I'd read it before that, but but it really came alive to me earlier this year. So God's presence is a shelter. Now, I watch a lot of Survivor shows, okay, and, and I like to do, I don't know, something about that intrigues me. But I know this much, that if you are in a bad situation with bad weather, bad elements, the number one survival thing that you need is a shelter. Most people, they get lost in the woods for five minutes and so they're like, food, oh my gosh, we gotta find a food source. Man, you can go like 40 days without food. <laughs> That is not the number one thing. But if it's raining and snowing or if it's blazing heat, you need shelter really, really fast. And most people put that on the bottom of their list. But I'm telling you right now, not only in a survival situation, but because we don't believe in surviving. I told you that Sunday. I'm not here to survive life. I'm here to thrive life. And I don't I, I just I don't buy into the well, we survived it. We don't I'm not a survivor. I'm a thriver. And and we always triumph in Christ Jesus. Jesus. But the number one thing that we need in this day and age is the right shelter. Psalm 31, verses 19 through 20. I'm in the NLT here. Psalm 31, verse 19. It says, How great is the goodness you have stored up for those who fear you. Does anybody in here fear the Lord? Man, you've got some good stuff coming your way. God is going to lavish it upon you. You lavish it on those who come to you for protection. Blessing them before the watching world. God not only wants to bless you because he loves you so much, but it brings him glory because the whole world is watching you. Whether you know it or not, well, what's she going to say about what's going on? What's he going to say about what's his opinion right now? God wants to bless you in front of the watching world. But look at verse 20. Here's what I'm really getting at. It says, you hide them in the shelter Okay, shelter is good, but what is the shelter made of? Of your presence. Safe from those who conspire against them, you, here it is again, shelter them in your presence, far from accusing tongues. Now, I I, I mean, I love to study the Psalms, even the Proverbs. Isaiah talks about it, the book of Lamentations. Lots of Old Testament books talk about the shelter. The fortress, the refuge, all of these words of God. And so I just like to read these and I'm like, yeah, I want to be in the fortress. I want to be in the shelter. I want God to be my refuge. But really, when you stop and think about it, that that all sounds good. But how do I get into that fortress? Right. It's like it's there, but I want to be on the inside of the fortress. It doesn't do me a whole lot of good to be on the outside. And so it tells us right here, this is key, if you will grasp this, and I'll explain more in a minute, but you've got to understand that the shelter and the fortress and the refuge is made of, it consists of the presence of God. So if that's what it's made of, I just got to figure out how to get in to the presence of God, and then boom, I'm in the shelter, I'm in the fort. I'm in the fortress. I'm in the refuge. I'm exactly where I need to be. Now, in ancient times, cities protected their citizens by building large surrounding walls around the city. Even a lot of super old cities in the United States we originally built like that, and I believe if i 'm remembering right from my high school history class i 'm going back a few years, but cities that end in burg that that burg usually had to deal with some sort of a walled or fortified city, pittsburgh uh, you know city you know they had something around them to protect them, and that 's what a burg was but 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 cities way back then would build walls and a fortress around the city. To keep all the chaos out. To keep all the invaders out. To keep all of the the enemy on the outside of the wall. And the people inside of the walls. Inside of the fortress. Inside of the fort. They could have peace of mind. Because, well, they're, they're, yeah, there's an enemy. But he's out there. And I'm right here in, in the shelter. I'm, I'm in the fort right now. And so, they're out there. As long as the enemy doesn't get in here, we're good. They could have peace of mind. And I'm telling you... That if you are in the fortress, if you are within the walls of God's salvation, Isaiah 26 tells us about the walls of God's salvation and this other little thing called the Barstow Faith Confession. It tells us about the walls of God's salvation. If I'm inside of there, all the chaos is on the outside. You mean that that it just doesn't exist? No, the chaos exists and it's real. But it's out there, and I'm in the presence of God, and so it's not getting to me. It it didn't cease to exist. Problems didn't just go away. They're still real, but they're out there, and I'm inside of the fort, the fortress, the refuge, the shelter, the secret place of the Most High. And so we've got to realize that. Now, growing up, I grew up in a tornado area. Has anybody here ever been in a tornado Okay, I know Leanne has. I've been in... All right, okay. We've had some tornado people. And so I've been through a few tornadoes. In fact, this week, I just saw it on Facebook, people from my hometown. Eighteen years ago this past week, we had like a... I think it was an F3 tornado come through our town. It was my senior year of high school. And it, like, demolished half the town. It was a really bad deal. And some people died. Semis went flying through people's... I mean, just bad stuff. In fact, my high school... They got all the kids in the basement, and the tornado hit the school and ripped the whole roof off, but all the kids were in the basement, and of all things, I wasn't there that day. And I'm like, yeah, and, and, and you know, it sounds kind of weird, but I wanted to be there because I always wanted to experience something like that. It's a weird thing, but, but you know, so they're all telling me the horror stories. And I'm like, man, of all days to play hooky, of all days to skip, why wasn't I? So I missed out on it, but I'm telling you. We had this basement, we had this old house out in the country, I think it was built in the 20s or something like that, but our house was way out there, and it wasn't a mansion, it wasn't a fancy house, but we had this nasty, gnarly looking, ugly basement that was just pure concrete block walls, and tornadoes could rip through, and if we were down there in the shelter, it wasn't pretty, but nothing ever happened to us we were totally safe because we were surrounded by those fortified walls we were below the problems and everything always turned out okay and i'm telling you when things get crazy out here it's time to get in to the shelter of the most high in fact i'll just quote it but psalm 91 verse 1 and 2 in the new king james it says he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Does that do something on the inside? Kind of get the feels when I say that? That's the anointing of God dropping something on the inside of you. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress he's my God in him I will trust now notice that Psalm 91 said it's the secret place anybody you ever you grew up you had a secret place okay so that's point number two the enemy isn't allowed into his presence number two what's so great about the fortress is the enemy's not allowed in there now growing up me and Josh my dad built us a little fort treehouse fort out in the woods. Now, the good thing about it being our fort, we decided who could get in and who could not get in. And if you didn't get the green light from us, you weren't getting into the fort. You know, I mean, you had to know the word. You had to know how to get in there. And I remember this movie, The Little Rascals, I watched as a kid. The boys built this fort, right? It was the the He-Man's Boy Club or something like that. And the girls weren't allowed. They couldn't get in. It was the secret place. And I'm telling you right now, there is a secret place with God, the Almighty, and the enemy is not welcome in to that fort. People are like, man, the devil's been beating me up all week. People say that. Like, man, he's just been bashing my... All week long, he's been after me. And he's just been beating my... I'm like, how is that possible? Weren't you in the fort? How did he get in there? Oh, you weren't in the fort. That's how he's beating your brains out. Because you're not in the fortress. Get, into the... get in there, man. Get into the shelter. Because he's not allowed in the shelter. You think I'm making that up? Okay. Well, let's just look at this, okay? Some of you are looking at me like, that sounds good, but I don't know about that, man. Listen. Let's look over here at Psalm 9, verse 3. Psalm 9 and verse 3. Because the presence of God, the shelter of God, the refuge, the fortress, whatever you want to call it, the tower, Satan's not allowed in there. Psalm 9 and verse 3 in the New King James. Psalm 9. Verse 3, New King James, it says, when my enemies turn back, they fall and perish at your presence. At your presence, the enemy falls, he perishes. So I can imagine, man, the devil wants to chase me. I'm going to run into the shelter. He's going to run right into that wall and fall smack down because he perishes. He falls at the presence of God. He's not allowed in there. So I can imagine all of us right now, there may be stuff going on, but we're just in the presence, man. We're hanging out, relaxing. There's stuff going on around us, but we're in there. And in fact, at the end of Psalm 91 says, Only with your eyes will you behold and see the reward of the wicked. I see bad stuff going on, but it's only with my eyes. I don't have to necessarily experience all of that myself well i wouldn't say that i'm going to say it because the bible said it so you know hey i'm just going to go ahead and go out there on a limb and say god's word is true well nothing ever happens man i had cancer yeah stuff happens but boy did we kick cancer's butt in the name of jesus i was crippled and i ran out of a hospital at three and a half years old my dad had cancer Beat the daylights out of it in the name of Jesus. Dylan there had stage four cancer three two years ago, three years ago. Beat the tar out of it and embarrassed the devil. How? The name of Jesus. We ran to the shelter. We ran to the fortress at just the right time and the enemy's not allowed in there. Number three, number three, what about the shelter? In God's presence is fullness of joy. And God's Presence, and so presence, shelter, fortress, we're using these words as synonyms right now. In God's presence in the shelter, the fortress is fullness of joy. Psalm 1611, let's look at that, Psalm 1611. Who thinks they probably ought to just go ahead and get into the shelter tonight? (laughs) Somebody ought to get in there, man, come on. Psalm 1611, New King James, Psalm 1611, New King James, it says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so, I can tell if you've been in the shelter because you've just got joy all over you. I don't ever see anybody, you know, man, Tell you what, I've been in the shelter this week. Oh, gosh! I've been well. What's wrong? Well, I've, I've been in God's presence all week long, and it has been a rough one. What? That's not possible. Because in His presence is fullness of joy. If you've been in His presence, you've got joy all over you. Nobody comes out of God's presence with with a frown on their face and and, and depression all over them. They come out of God's presence with a skip in their step, with a song in their mouth, and the joy of the Lord all over them, because in His presence isn't just joy. Joy. No, in His presence is fullness of joy. He doesn't just fill your your joy tank halfway up and, you know, that'll do you. No, He fills it up full to overflowing, as David said in Psalm 23, my cup runneth over. Amen. So is the is the glass half empty or is it half full? Man, it's running over all the way out the top. It couldn't get any better right now because I've been in the presence of God, the shelter, the fortress, the refuge, the secret place, and the devil didn't go in there with me he's not allowed he runs into that wall and falls flat on his face every single time amen and so i was just thinking back i remember the very first uh the first service we had to record during the quarantine deal uh, you know whatever what whatever, whatever that's going on with but anyway so we me and Josh and Katie Brady we had to get together because like Hey, we gotta we gotta record something. There's a Wednesday night service, and so we tried to upload this video to Facebook, and and we underestimated the upload speed of large videos to the internet. And it's one thing when you upload your 30 second video to Instagram, but to upload an hour long video, upload speed better be good because that's gonna take several hours. We didn't know. It's, it's not our fault. We are rookies, right? And so we tell everybody, hey, tune in at seven o'clock. We're going to have a service and everyone tunes in and there's no service because our video is only at like 20 percent upload. And so I'm getting nervous. I'm pacing like, oh, my gosh, what are they all going to be doing? And I log on and I see all of you. Yahoo's on the page singing songs, worship. You remember that? <laughs> You're all making worship videos and you're preaching to each other. I felt useless. Who needs a preacher when you're doing it yourself? And so you all were preaching and and singing and doing songs and and just laughing. And I'm like, depression, pandemic, pan what? These people are the happiest I've ever seen anybody be in my life. Why is that? Because trouble came knocking and we went running to the shelter of the Most High. Amen? Amen we weren 't afraid, and we 're still not afraid, because god 's got our back, and we 're spending our time in the shelter of the most high. I saw this video earlier this year. there's this guy over in England somewhere, and he had gone into a little uh, restaurant and ordered a fish sandwich, and he 's sitting there, and out of nowhere it 's a hilarious video, but these guys, some other customers, get into a full out brawl and, and soon i don 't know if anybody saw this video, it was like in February. There's, like, 15 people, a whole full-scale, like, brawl, like an old an old Western TV show. You know, they're throwing people through tables, punching guys through windows, just all-out massacre. And this guy's just sitting there eating his sandwich, doesn't even look up the whole time. And he's, like, looking at his watch, playing on his phone. There's people flying over the table in front of him. He doesn't put his sandwich down. There's people bumping into him. And he just keeps eating his sandwich. And I'm like, you know what? That's me in the middle of a pandemic. That's High Desert Word Center, people. When the whole world's fighting and falling apart and scared about viruses, we're just sitting there eating our fish sandwich because Jesus ate fish, so it's a good thing. They're eating their fish sandwich. There may be chaos all around, but I don't even notice it because I'm living my life in the presence of God Almighty. Amen. And that's what I'm talking about right there. And so the last thing I want to just teach you about is this. We just got a minute. I said, how do we get in to the presence of God? Because it's one thing to say, you got to get in there, you got to go, you got to go. But if we don't give you directions, how are you ever going to go there? If I'm like, hey, I found the best restaurant in the world, and it's over here in, in this certain city, tell me about it. What's the name? What's the address? How do I go? Give me directions. we got to tell you how to get into the shelter, or else it just sounds like a good inspirational thing. But you want to know how to get in there. Well, the first thing is this, okay? You need to obsess over God's Word, okay? I'm not just saying you like God's Word and like, Yeah, I, I like the Bible. It needs to become a passion within you where you're obsessed with it. Like you wake up, man, I got to get, I got to get some. I got to get to that. I got to get some word. You at, at lunchtime, you're thinking about it. You know what? I've got an extra five minutes. I bet I could fit some word of God time, man. Let's do this. You know, it, it's bedtime and ah, I know I'm tired and it's already past my bedtime. But what if I just read five more minutes of God? You've got to be obsessed with God's word. You've got to get a hold of this. And and it's got to be that real to you. And there, my son's always telling me about this dumb, strange obsession show. He's like, Dad, there's these, this lady on there. She was addicted to drinking paint, and she drinks paint every day. And and he tells me all these strange obsessions. And I'm like, what if they did an episode about somebody that was so obsessed with the Bible that they were like, man, that guy's weird. He's peculiar. He needs to go. And tell, I'm telling you, if people knew how obsessed a true Christian was with the Bible, they would think you're weird because we just can't get enough. The more I read, the more I want, the more that I just got to have more. That's what I'm talking about if you want to start seeing God work in your life. But number two, OK, I'm not even going to dig into this, but you got to be a person of prayer. You, you you can't you can't you can't have a pathetic prayer life and just expect to see miracles and see God pouring himself. You've got to talk to God. you got to pray. But here's the biggest thing that I'm talking about right now in our last minute or two, Psalm 89:15, the last verse, Psalm 89 and verse 15. And I'm talking about worship. Worship will get you into the presence of God, and it'll get you there really, really fast. Now sometimes, praise and worship is a sacrifice because we don't always feel like singing. Some people do, but I don't. I mean, sometimes the the Bible put it this way. He called it the sacrifice of praise. And I get that because sometimes it's a sacrifice. I don't feel like it. Man, today, I woke up super early. I had to drive my parents to the airport in Las Vegas. Took forever to get back. Then I get home, and kids are homeschooling, and then i got to do this. I, I tried to help out and make dinner before we came to church, get to the co-op. Kids are getting tutored. Kids are doing art lessons. Somebody had an emergency over here. Somebody over here needed prayer to fix this. and, and all the, And then, I mean, right before church, I go to the back room, get a coffee, and I'm like, I don't feel like it. But, God, you are so good. Amen. I love you. Thank you, Jesus. You are good. I worshiped God for five minutes. Then we came out here and dedicated a baby. We preached a sermon and it's all good because worship will get you into God's presence like that. It's incredible. Psalm 89 and verse 15. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. NLT. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. Well, why are they so happy? For they will walk in the light of your, say it with me, presence, Lord. There it is. Happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship. Why? Why are they so happy? For they walk in the light of your presence, Lord. And so I'm telling you this right now. Worship gets you into the realm of God's presence, which gets you into the shelter of the Most High. The refuge, the hiding place, the secret place, the fort, all those things that we're talking about. Worship will open up that door and get you right in there. And so I am telling you right now, for who wants 2020 to end? I mean, just like the best three months of your entire life. Well, that ain't possible because it's already been a dud. Man, don't say stupid things like that. I am saying right now that the next three months are going to be pure heaven on earth in my life. They're going to be healthy. They're going to be prosperous. They're going to be happy and joyful and peaceful. And I'm going to win people to Jesus everywhere that I go because Christ is in me and he's the hope of glory. And I can't help but tell other people about why I've got joy and peace and hope even in the midst of a crazy, crazy world. And so, if you will get into the fort and into the shelter, the next three months can be pure heaven on earth in your life. But it's up to you. The presence of God is the key to your success as we move forward. Amen. Can everybody say amen? Let's go ahead and end there tonight. Let's stand up together this evening. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.